Bill English is back from BibleandBusiness.com. He and I are exploring the leadership lessons we can learn from the life of David. We find ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Bill, welcome back. Hey, thank you. It's good to be back. I'm glad I could make you laugh a little bit earlier. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm here by schedule. <laughs> Anyways, I was, I was, good. I know I was, I was laughing at me. So. Okay. So let's remind people where we've been, because there might be people listening right now who have not been privy to our ongoing conversation about the leadership lessons uh, from the life of David. So we started with um, being underestimated, but where did we go from there? Uh, we went from being underestimated to uh, submission. To submission. Thank you. I don't have the list in front of me. <laughs> Oh, I do. Uh, then I'll do it. Okay. So here's here's the uh, here's the soil we've already tilled. Um, uh, David was underestimated, um, and we learned that lesson. People may underestimate what a leader can accomplish based on any number of factors. Um, they might think you're too young. They might think you're too old. They might think you're too female or too male or too or too white or too black or too educated or not educated enough or too experienced or too inexperienced or I don't know any number of reasons. Well, David was underestimated as well, and so you just be mindful that if God's got his uh, His hand on your life for a particular purpose, then that's going to be what's going to work out, uh, and you need to recognize who you are, even if the world does not. There's a lesson of submission that in order to be a good leader, we have to be a good follower. Uh, that is certainly a lesson that we learned from the life of David in his submission um, to King Saul. And then we have uh, the lesson of knowing when to risk. And that's what we talked about last week. We talked about uh, not only a willingness to risk, but what that looks like um, in terms of knowing when to risk. And we talked a lot about discernment, that, you know, there are risks that seem absolutely irrational uh, if you're going to go from a worldly perspective. But if you have discerned that it is uh, it is the mind of Christ on a particular matter of the day, and it aligns with what God has revealed about his character and his will in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Um, and the Spirit, is, you are Spirit-led in such a way that the Spirit is not going to, by the way, contradict himself. So the Spirit is not going to lead you to do something that God has already revealed in scripture is wrong. Um, but then if you've you've assessed all of that and you say, you know what, God is leading me to do this, then do it. Because if you don't do it, then you're in disobedience, which is nowhere to live. All right, that brings us to today, and today's lesson is a lesson of authenticity, being yourself in your calling. So yep. I'll let you pick it up there. Yeah, this is the third uh, week we're actually spending in uh, in the motif of David and Goliath. And almost everybody in the world understands the David and Goliath motif. You'll hear people who have very little religion talk about David and Goliath. But what we're talking about today is the lesson of authenticity, being yourself. And where I got this was was when Saul uh, says to David, um, okay, if you're going to go out and fight him, at least put on my bronze helmet, put on my armor, take my sword, and and go out and fight him. And, and the scriptures say that David walked around in them and then just basically looked back at the king and said, he goes, I cannot go in these. I'm, I'm reading now in verse 39. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. David isn't used to fighting with armor. He's used to fighting uh, in whatever a shepherd would wear out in the fields. That's how that, that was what he wore when he killed the lion and the bear. And so he's uh, verse forty. Then he took off. Then he took his staff in his hand, 
and he chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. By the way, a side note, um, I've been to that brook. Uh, we know the field where David fought Goliath. I've been to the brook, and yes, there are smooth stones in that brook. It's very interesting. Okay, uh, and when, we, when it says he took his staff, right, let's remind people the context here because, you know, people are listening to this and they're listening to it as, uh, you know, as business owners maybe, and they're like, oh, he took his staff. That's, that's not who David took. What, what, is this, what kind of staff did David have? You know, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I mean, he had a shepherd's staff. He didn't have like a staff where he'd like an administrative assistant and an executive pastor, and he didn't have a staff. Oh, like, I see what staff. you're saying. I see. It's a wordplay, it's a wordplay Bill. <laughs> it's a little bit fun. It's just a wordplay. He went by himself. He took he his leadership team. Yeah, he didn't have a leadership team. He didn't have a staff. He he didn't even have a team. He just had him. Yeah, right? he just had him. But, but he and God were enough, even in the face of a giant. Yeah. And he was he was comfortable with that because he had he God had prepared him for that in the Ephesians two ten cents God had prepared him for that. And so Absolutely. He, so he goes out in the field. He takes his stone. Uh, the the Philistine. I'm going to summarize here. Moves moves towards David, and David runs toward Goliath. And I think that's instructive there because um, he comes and uh, David in verse forty eight ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him reaching into his bag, I'm assuming as he's running, taking the stone as he's running, he puts it in a sling and he slings it. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if he actually ran so fast that he got very close to Goliath and then flung the uh, stone, hits him in the forehead, and uh, um, the, you know, Goliath falls and he dies, right? And all of Absolutely. this happens because David ran towards the problem. David ran towards the insurmountable, risk-filled problem. And this is where I get the idea that leaders, <clears throat> real Christian leaders, they run toward the fire. They run towards the bullets. As soon as something comes up that seems insurmountable, they face into it. They don't cower in fear in the face of it. All right. So, Bill, you and I are going to talk about um, some analogies from today, and we're also going to uh, you just just really talk about what it means to just authentically be ourselves in yeah. in leadership um, as God calls us. And we're going to do that right after the break. So I am talking with Bill English from BibleAndBusiness.com. We're talking about the leadership lessons we can learn from the life of David. We are in the story of Goliath. If you want to check it out, uh, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We'll be right back. from BibleInBusiness.com. He and I are talking about the leadership lessons we learn from the life of David. Today we are on the battlefield. Uh, we are facing Goliath. We are with David who has volunteered um, for this incredibly um, seemingly unrealistic task. He, uh, he has tried on Saul's armor. Saul thought that, you know, all right, I'll, I'll go along with this, uh, this crazy plan. Um, but only, you know, like, right, I ought to give the kid the best chance possible. I'll put him in my armor. I'll give him the best uh, technologies and techniques of the day. Um, and David tries them on and is like, yeah, this is not what I'm used to. I'm, I'm a shepherd. I've got, uh, I've got a staff, which is a physical stick, and I've got a sling, 
And so what I need um, are some smooth stones. And he collects those. And he uh, then, when the time comes, he actually rushes toward the battle. Um, lots of present-day analogies there um, for us to for us to look at, Bill. Um, and and then what happens uh, after he uh, kills Goliath? Well, he kills Goliath. That was the that was that was the pinnacle moment. I was. Oh, for. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, what happens is he he goes out on the field on his own in the way that he knows that he can win. Um, you know, that's that the whole that whole motif right there, that sub motif of David putting on the armor and then taking it off and telling the king, no, the conventional wisdom isn't how this is going to work, right? And that's leadership, man. That right? is. I mean, that just kind of defines leadership. It is. It is. And and he knows himself well enough to know that if he is going to be the guy to do it, he's got to do it in his own way and in a way that has won in the past. And so uh, he he knows himself. He knows what God's going to do. He knows that God's going to uh, take care of this for him. And he knows how he's going to do it. Now, the text doesn't tell us that, but I'm assuming that he knows what he's going to do. He's going to take the staff. He's going to take a sling. He goes over to the brook, gets the stones, comes back. And he knows he's going to run towards Goliath. He's faster than Goliath. And he knows he's going to be able to get close enough to really uh, put that stone in Goliath's forehead. And God is going to put it there as well. That's the doctrine of concurrence another day, another time. And uh, he's going to be able to kill Goliath. But he knows that if he's in the armor, he can't do it. It just isn't going to work. Yeah, when I when I think about this, I'm, I'm reminded that uh, as... Um, as the prophet Isaiah says, you know, your thoughts are not our thoughts, neither are your ways our ways. Like, right, that's, that's, well, I guess it's actually the Lord saying it, isn't it? The Lord says, my thoughts uh, are not your thoughts, and in your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord, for the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I think there are times that we forget that God is able to do abundantly far more than we ordinarily dare to ask or imagine um, by the power that is already at work within us and, and all of it's to God's glory. Like, I, I think we forget that. I, I agree. And when God leads you and I and others into ministry, he oftentimes will, will there will usually be a twist in the conventional wisdom as to how we're going to accomplish what God is leading us to accomplish. And that's God imposing himself into or transcending himself into not just the goal, but the methodology, because he knows that he knows more than what we know, not just about the physical realm here on earth, but about the spiritual realm. And he knows what's going to work. And so he leads us into new methodologies sometimes that conventional wisdom would say, no, that isn't going to work. That isn't how we do it, right? And sometimes those old, those new methodologies, or we think that those are new methodologies, are really like the the old ways. Like it's it's the stuff that's been proven to work over time. One of the things that you talk about, and, and friends, if you want to get this study, you go to bibleandbusiness.com. Uh, it's leadership lessons. This is actually uh, listed as part six, David fights Goliath, part three. I don't know. That seems kind of confusing. Well, there, there you go. It's there, part three of the David and Goliath. Yeah, it's part three of the yeah. David and Goliath. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but if you go to bibleandbusiness.com, you can get this study. And one of the things, Bill, that you have, that you have written there. Um, is this uh, list of learning the lesson of authenticity. And and I loved this part because I think that there are times that we fail to remember that we have a story 
Like we have a history with God. We have a narrative. There is a um there is a storyline and and that is our authentic self. When we when we bring who we are in Christ to bear on the situation that is in front of us, like that's the most authentic way for any of us to lead as a Christian. Sure. Sure. Because every one of our stories is slightly different. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so this idea that um, I would I would um, become like more aware of my own story, my own history with God, the places and spaces and times where I have seen God work, um, and I would bring those into the current situation, whatever Goliath I'm facing today, I would recognize the gifts that I possess by the power of the Holy Spirit at work within me. Like, right, those are unique as well. Like, I have a different gift mix than other people have. Um, and 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 therefore, I have a competency based on some methods, um, some techniques that might be unique to the situation. And I can't worry if they don't quite fit what other people expect me to be doing or saying at the time. Yep. You got to stay true to who you are and who God is leading you to be. Absolutely. All right. So um, you have a list at the end of this lesson, yes. what we learn from David's uh, route of Goliath. Right. Uh, when you say route, um, you're talking about his utterly, utter destruction of Goliath. What do we learn? We learn that do not be, a, do not be surprised if opposition to your ministry efforts comes from those closest to you. I get that from the fact that David's eldest brother looked at him and said, I know how conceited and arrogant you are. You're just here to watch the battle and have a good time. Um, David experienced a significant uh, pushback from his own brother uh, that the rewards are sometimes a proper motivation. David was asking, hey, what does a guy get if he goes out and tackles and kills Goliath? He's going, hey, what am I going to get out of this? He gets, Re- whoa, man. He gets, whoa. Let's <laughs> try to work that uh, in. That's a, that's a, there's some inside baseball there. Um, but he's, uh, he, you know, re- rewards are proper to Ask about and expect. Uh, that's that's the whole Matthew five concept, right? Store for yourself treasures in heaven, where the moth and the rust don't destroy. So God does uh, motivate us with rewards. Uh, godly leaders run towards the bullets. I've mentioned that the greatest miracle in life is the greatest miracle is a life changed because God has regenerated them. Um, and also, godly leaders factor in God's presence and power when they are facing the insurmountable and assuming risk. And lastly, faith in God plus your willingness to follow God is a greater combination than anything the world could throw at you. Yeah, and there are so many um, evidences in Scripture of of each and every one of those. That last one, you know, I'm thinking about uh, the, can't you like see, can't you see that army, that host of angels that's with you? I mean, you know, being on God's side just all by yourself is more than anything the world can uh, can put together against us. Hey, Bill English, thank you as always. I look forward to next week's installment of these leadership lessons that we learn from the life of David. Well, thank you. I look forward to it as well. We'll be right back. <laughs> 